Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is January 11th, 2021, and we are coming off the first week of the new year. How was it for you, everyone? I hope to hear great things. I have a lot of great interviews and conversations lined up for the entire year. Um, And listen, I am ready to learn more than I did last year. It's going to be a year of fresh fruits and vegetables, everyone. We've got our fancy partner, Terra Exports, is coming to us live all the way from Chile. We have Christian Sierra Alta, who is the sales director for their South American region. He's been in the industry for several years, from QC to operations, and now leading as a sales director of South America for Terra Exports. We then chat with our featured guest today from Katzman Produce up in the Bronx of New York. That's right, Stephanie Katzman, our first wholesaler of the year as well. Stephanie is the executive vice president of Katzman Produce, and she is going to take us on a ride going back all the way to the early 1900s. That's right, we're talking coach and carriage, horses, buggy, the whole deal on how we used to deliver produce, and I love it. So I am so happy to bring you this conversation with Terra Exports and Catsman Produce today. Big shout outs to our sponsors, Ag Tools, Terra Exports, Indianapolis Fruit Company, United Fresh, and Flavor Wave LLC. We have a lot of cool things coming from all of those companies this year, so stay tuned for some dynamite content, and let's get down to business. Hey, Christian, welcome to the show today. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? <laughs> Doing fantastic, man. Hey, listen, one, I want to thank you and the Terra Exports team for being a fancy sponsor of the Produce Industry Podcast as we are ready to navigate 2021. I just always have to give a shout out to you, Niels, and the entire team over at Terra Exports, man. So thank you so much. Coming to us live from Chile, my man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. So when we first started talking, it was, uh, when, when should we do this podcast? Um, what, when, when, why, you know, should we do it? And it took us a couple of minutes to get started. And I remember Niels, he was like, Patrick, you got to talk to Christian. I want him as the first, first podcast of the year. So we made that happen. You're down in Chile. Obviously I import from Chile and do a lot of other things, but I want to know more about what Terra Exports is doing specifically in your world. So talk to me a little bit about what the Chile program consists of. Well, we're here in Chile. Um, we, we are focused more, mostly in the cherries. Uh, you know, the cherries business is growing really fast and, and, and it's a huge business for the Chinese. So, uh, we're growing there. Also, we have an amazing team over here uh, with the sourcing and all the sales team, uh, focus in the Middle East, Russia, uh, also Latin America. Uh, so we have a lot of opportunities uh, with the apples, the grapes. So uh, it's amazing work with them. Uh, we're all the guys, we are young with a lot of energy. So every day is, uh, is, is a fun day. <laughs> That I can say, I mean, produce in general, it's like, we're always having fun. Right. But let's, let's circle back real quick. Cause you stated, 
I heard Russia in there. I've heard Europe. I heard a couple other countries. When I was importing and or exporting out of Chile, uh, South America, even to this day, I really only use a few countries and I bring everything into the United States though, Christian. So what you're saying is Terra exports, exports from South America, but to the other countries. I mean, the most countries I've ever went to was Chile to South Korea. That was like the biggest I did from Chile because they only allowed us to go to so many places. But, you know, is that what you're telling me though? Yeah, that's the thing. Like here in Chile and well, I talk about Chile, but we, we are in charge of uh, all South America, Argentina, uh, also Peru. Uh, we add value to our growers going to market that not everyone wants to go. We have a good relationship there and we send food from all over the world. So we have better, um, like a, a, a better relationship with our customers so we can give a, a better service to our growers. So they, got, they go with us to this kind of market. Also, uh, Niels, like with all his leadership, uh, want to make uh, an import in the uh, USA. So uh, we will have more opportunity here for all the growers here in uh, Chile and Argentina, Peru, also Colombia, Ecuador, all the countries from South America and Latin America. No, that's fantastic. And I know Niels and I talk on a on a weekly basis. So it's always good to hear some of the things that you're looking forward to and doing, but I agree. So when you're bringing in fruit to the US market, that is another fun project. As you know, a lot of fires to put out just like with every other country, right? Um, but that, that's just kind of the nature of being in produce and supply chain, right? I mean, we're, we're always gonna have fires. We're always gonna have, I would say, uh, obstacles. I don't call them problems anymore. I call them, I call them obstacles, you know what I mean? So let's talk though about upcoming. You talked about cherries. Uh, what can we look for? I mean, it's the second week of January. We've got a lot of cool things. I mean, I'm in citrus. So we got our citrus program really ramping up here uh, in California. Um, I follow citrus of so Texas citrus, a lot of different things. What else besides cherries? What are we coming into in this first quarter, Christian? Yeah, well, actually the cherries, we, we are in the end of the season. Uh, we have our free uh, last container that we shipped this week. Uh, we are looking forward for, for the grapes from Chile. We are starting in two more weeks from, with the red globe in the north. And after that, the central part of, uh, of Chile coming with, well, all the, all the grapes and also with the stone fruit. After that, the, the apples, the kiwi. So the, the best part of, of this part of, of, of the world is, is coming. So, <laughs> well, that's what I want to hear. We all want to see fresh fruits, fresh vegetables. Yeah. It's 2021, meaning it is the year of fruits and vegetables. I know everybody's talking about that. This is the year to really, I would say, jump start or jump kick our, our marketing, our branding, and really getting more of our customers to get on board with fresh fruits and vegetables, whether you eat healthy, eat clean. I mean, who doesn't like, uh, I always say, because I'm a citrus guy, you know, a California navel in February or March, or like I said, a cherry or a pear, like, come on, there's no candy that can be a yeah. fresh fruit. Christian, yeah, am I right? right <laughs> My kids even say that too, dude. They're like, you know, what kind of candy does this opal apple taste like? I'm like, there is no candy. You're eating the candy. Right? <laughs> it's like, that's what you're doing. So Christian, Listen, man, I, I loved having you come on 
all the way from Chile. If anybody wants to get a hold of yourself, your department, and how what you service over at Terra Exports, how can they go ahead and go about doing that to get in touch with you? Well, they can call me. I am 24 hours available. My email is christianterraexport.com. So yeah, you can call, call me anytime. Always available. No, man, I love it. I love what you guys are doing over there at Tire Exports. I love the diverse culture and leadership that Niels has put in place to let all of you succeed. Because that's what I see through Niels's leadership is you are the face of the, of the company, right? And that's what I love. Hence why Niels puts his CEO in all lowercase. He's showing that his people are what's most important. And that's what I appreciate about Terra Exports. Christian, thank you so much for coming on the line today. And I look forward to chatting and working with Terra Exports in the future. Thank you, Patrick. And you're more than welcome here in Chile, wherever you want. I've been to Santiago. Don't you invite me because I will find a way to come down and see you. So I appreciate that. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Great to hear from Terra Exports. Christian was a treat to have on the line, and it's awesome to hear some of the new exciting things that Terra Exports is doing. They are expanding their South America division. Pretty soon, we're going to see that Terra Exports fruit and vegetables from South America in the United States. But now, let's hear from some of those sponsors. I hear there's some great weekend winners coming up. What's up, everybody? Item three this week. We're talking organic romaine. It's easy to forget about bulk leafy items with all the growth in the salad category with kits and chopped kits and blends and premium blends. But our friends at Lady Moon are coming correct with organic romaine. This beautiful head provides a great crunch to any salad item, a fantastic base for a Caesar salad. Stacked vertically creates an eye-popping display in your wet set. Organic bulk romaine is a must-have this weekend. It's football playoff time. Make sure you stiff-arm the competition. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. Ag tools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit www.ag.tools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Produce Industry Podcast. It's always great to hear from some of those weekend winners as well as Ag Tools, our fancy sponsor. So congratulations to Daniel Corsaro, to his new baby boy. I know he's got to get back, and we're going to have a little bit of weekend winners for the rest of the month. So stay tuned. We will have them on the show. Don't you worry. So without further ado, let's get Stephanie Katzman on the line and start talking about Katzman Produce. Hey, Stephanie. Welcome to the show today. Hi. Thanks for having me. I love having you here. You know, what's crazy is, and I always got to say how we met and how we became in touch. You know, over a couple months ago, we were introduced through uh, Mary Coppola at United Fresh because we were trying to do like a panel discussion following up from one of the virtual shows and we were not able to make it happen. I think you signed up immediately, but it was hard getting some of the other members on board. Do you remember that? I do, but uh, the good news is we're able to put it together and we get to talk today. So I'm excited for it. 
that's what I'm talking about. It took us a little bit, but we were able to get together. And you know what? That's been the powerful, I would say, uh, coalition of this uh, virtual uh, basis, right? Is that we are all bringing and coming together. You know, this is what I love about it. We are changing as an industry. We are changing as people and we are changing and revolutionizing the produce industry. So Stephanie, one, thanks for being on the show and let's get down to it because you are a wholesaler slash distributor in the NYC. Okay. And, and everybody knows about Katzman. If you don't know Katzman, get on Google, type it in, and then you're going to go, Oh, now I know who Katzman is. So what is this role of the wholesaler distributor in the produce industry? Like, you know, give us the state of the industry right now. I think the role of a wholesale distributor in this industry is made for all different types of situations. So we have, you know, crazy events that happen like in 2020, where you have to be able to react and pivot and try new things and really just figure out how to get the job done, which is the definition of a wholesaler. So if we look back, you know, through all different all different parts of the industry and all different types of businesses and all different things that happen. It really just comes down to being able to react and being able to get food out there to New Yorkers and beyond, no matter where of your business is and really help service the industry. You know, I, I view wholesaler distributors as a logistical agent, if you really think about it. So we move produce back and forth through the supply chain and we really move information back and forth through the supply chain. So we'll talk to many shippers out there and we'll get tons of information on market conditions and growing conditions and how their crops have progressed throughout the season, through the plantings and the harvest. We'll find out about different weather events, all the different things on the growing side. And we'll gather information from growers all over the country and really all over the world. So we have this wealth of information what else can you do with information besides pass it along and use it to help you? So we'll take this information, we'll use it to help define how we're going to handle markets, and then we'll pass it along to our customers. So we're really a resource both up and down with product and with information. You know what's crazy, Stephanie, is that you know when we look at wholesalers, oh wait, I got to tell you, I come from the grower shipper uh, mindset, right? You know, grower, packer, shipper of California citrus. And when we look at the wholesaler distributor, you were exactly right in comparing yourself to a logistical agent because we do look at that. We see the wholesaler as being that piece of the supply chain that's connecting us to the next piece of the supply chain. So one, it's, 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 I say it's a great comparison. It's not really crazy that you said it, but I would say some wholesalers don't see them as that logistical agent. You know, We have whole, some wholesalers in the industry as you see brand themselves. They try to have branded products. They try to have branded labels. Um, we've seen that. And then you have others that are the, I would say, the third-party solution to the retailers. I remember when I was doing business with a, a few uh, a big box retailers up in your neck of the woods, and they had all these wholesalers. I had no idea who they were, but they were the cross-stocking. They were the inspection. Um, they were the consolidation. There was so much more to it than we really understood and ready for this? I, I'm going to be real, Stephanie. Um, I don't think many wholesalers and distributors open their doors to really tell our side, right? Go back, not the customer side, but our side. I feel like sometimes in member, you know, jump in, Stephanie, and tell me anytime here. But I feel like we're giving the information as the grower, packer, shipper to these outlets to then distribute. What do you think? Well, 
So I would say that, you know, everyone's going to handle their business differently. Here at Katzman, I can tell you, we view all of our growers and all of our customers as partners. That's really what we are. You know, we're helping move product and information back and forth. So that that's really key. I agree with you. We have some great shippers that we work with that provide us with so much useful information, but it's only going to be useful if we pass along to the customers and vice versa. We're able to help them by getting customers information because they're dealing with, you know, the end user. So they know how things are performing at the retail side and they pass that information back to us so we can use it to give feedback back to our growers. We've worked with many growers over the years where we've trialed new products or trialed new varieties or new packaging and with the sole purpose of just getting them feedback on it for further development. And we have some great customers that we work with who will pay extra attention to that type of stuff that we're looking for because they know it's going to benefit them in the future. Like on point, I would say 100% on point. Um, and I appreciate that just hearing that because sometimes we feel, and I, and I'm speaking for some growers out there cause I, I work with them and I work for them is that sometimes that the information, like you just said, it gets transcribed, right? It's like the telephone game, Stephanie. It's like, you tell them one thing and we don't know what's ever getting out. So listen, if you're a wholesaler and distributor out there in the fresh produce industry, I think we need to take a lesson here from cats, man, because um, being a partner on both sides, your vendors, your partner, your customer your, is your partner. Everybody in the supply chain is a partner. Think about it. I mean, it's relationship. It. Yeah. You, you really hit it on the head there. Um, it's without, you know, without the grower and without the customer, we have no business. We don't serve a purpose. That partnership is key in everything we do because it's, it's the missing piece to the puzzle. It's what, it's what you need. Not every retailer is going to be able to take direct loads right from the shipper because they're not going to have the size. And it doesn't make sense for every shipper to service direct to retailers, even if they are the right size, you know, you want to be able to get fresh product in there on a daily basis. So I always look at it as, what we can do for each customer really depends upon the business and the same thing on the growing end. So especially here in the New York area, we have a lot of smaller retailers. We have a lot of expensive real estate. And the way we can best service those customers is to be able to be an extension of their warehouse. So we have many retailers that we deliver to every single day. So we get fresh loads of product in from all over the country and the world daily. So we're able to you know, consolidate here, give them a mix of the products that they want, deliver to their stores. They get fresh product. Their customers are happy. They can utilize their entire footprint in their store for retail, displays, and really making the customer experience on their end good. And we're their back though. We're their warehouse. So we can help them out there. You know, we'll also give them access to maybe brands that they weren't able to get. You know, They'll have some major companies out there that can't deliver to everybody, but they can come and drop, you know, 10 loads of Driscoll strawberries at our door and we'll be able to get them out to thousands of retailers in the New York area. And that's how you get to the end user. And I know you as a grower will understand when I say that's really what the grower wants, right? They want to get their product to the kitchen table of the people who are out there and are going to enjoy it. And if we're able to help them do that, that, that that's really what we're here for. That is the truth because listen, I don't care really who buys the product. I, I, and some people will be like, what, what I mean by that is, is you're right. Whether it's a broker, a wholesaler, distributor, direct retailer, my goal is to increase fresh produce consumption. Right. And I know that sounds weird, but that that's, <laughs> that's kind of our job. Okay. Absolutely. And, 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 I, and I say it in the weirdest way, because right. As if we go back 
And, you know, I say when I was a kid, I looked at it as like, no, we're trying to sell produce. We're doing this, right? You know, I was looking at it, but realistically, our goal is to put food on people's table, have it as a snacking item. These are the things we're trying to do, which will obviously increase, right? Fresh produce over some of the other competitors that are out there, which we all like, right? We don't mind having, you know, pie and all these different things, you know, as long as it's apple pie or pumpkin pie, right? But those are the, co- the competitors out there as I see it. Um, not, uh, not in the industry. So I agree. Now I'm going to ask you a, a quick question because I'm thinking about New York um, and consumers are listening to this podcast as well, Stephanie. So um, think about it. If you're out there in New York and you're getting some of those brands, you're getting some of that fresh produce and a lot of the other items that uh, Katzman produces, this is a company that is behind the scenes delivering probably 365 days a year, regardless of the offices closed, I guarantee you that the trucks are still on the road, making sure that the food is being uh, delivered. But talk about that a little bit. And as we as we move towards, you know, talking about growers and shippers, right? Talking about how we can, uh, I would say, best use the wholesaler distributor, because we said what our goal is to get to the person eating the food. So how does someone like myself as a citrus grower, shipper, packer in Wood Lake, California. How can we best utilize a Katzman produce um, all the way in New York to our advantage? Because it's still on the, on the note of, do we want to ship our produce that far? Should we ship it to someone local? Help me understand this. So I think there's so many different things that a wholesaler can do for a grower that it makes sense to expand if you've got the ability to do it. Now, Of course, staying local is going to make sense depending upon the size of the grower. If you have just enough supply to um, service the area, that's what you're going to stick with because the freight expenses just wouldn't make sense to expand out there. But if if you're a grower and you're looking to expand or you have product that you want to stretch out to other markets, a wholesaler is a great extension of you. And that's, you know, I talked about partnerships before, but it's, it's really that extension of the grower. Um, that we talk about when we're talking to our sales staff here. You know, I tell them you're going out there and you're promoting other brands like they're your own brand. You need to be able to sell it as if it is your own brand. And we really view it that way. So our our relationships go back decades and we have some relationships that are newer ones. So I'll tell you it's top quality is very important to us. You know, it's important to the customers. So high quality is something we're always looking for in a grower. And then it's that flow of information and transparency. A grower who's willing to be very transparent with us is going to benefit more. So what do I mean by that? There are growers out there who might look at something and say, you know what? I, I've only got one, one load that I can send you today because they're trying to keep the market tight. Well, they might have 10 loads in the cooler but they might be thinking, hey, if I tell you I've got 10 loads, you might be looking to sell cheap or you might think um, you might want to change the way that you're going to approach it. And I'm saying, yes, I do want to change the way I want to approach it. But if we're going to work together, you got to be able to trust that I'm going to do the very best job for you. You know, my my dad taught me something when I was younger that really stuck with me. He said, no matter what is on the truck and no matter what you pay for it and what you sell it for, you are never going to bring in a truckload of produce that you're going to be able to retire on. The way you're going to make it in this business, if you make sure that the grower is always fed, the customer is always fed, and you take some in the middle for yourself, and everybody's got to be able to grow and everybody's got to be able to survive. So we need to work together. So if I have a grower who tells me, hey, listen, 
I've got 10 extra loads today that I got to move. Now I know who to go out there and who to contact. You know, we have a lot of independent retailers here in the New York area that have the ability to change on a dime. So I can call them up on a Friday morning and say, hey, I need to send you a couple of couple of extra pallets, you know, for the weekend, I need you to change your retail price. And they'll be able to change immediately, where maybe some of your more corporate stores like your shop rights and your Whole Foods that we also service um, work a little bit further out. So they need a couple of weeks to really adjust those um, higher retail prices if you want to push something out. So we have, we've got that ability here. You know, we also have a lot of green grocers in our area, a lot of purveyors who service restaurants and other food service industries. And although the restaurant business is obviously hurting a bit now, they're still delivering produce. There's still, you know, food being processed for schools. There's still kitchens out there. So you still see some of that food service business here. Relationships, relationships, relationships is keep what I is what I keep hearing, right? Even from your dad through the grower partners all the way through to the food service. So this is a perfect time to hear from some of our partners at the Produce Industry Podcast on relationships. Sayonara, Rivederci, Avoir, goodbye 2020. Join the United Refresh Experience to bid farewell to the year of disruption. 2020 stressed the flexibility of our supply chain and the essential services we take for granted. It's time for a refresh. As we move into the new year, the need to connect with one another in new ways is critical to the future success of the fresh produce industry around the globe. Through 10 thought-provoking sessions during the month of January, United Fresh will explore ways to refresh your business, refresh your company, and refresh your life during the new United Refresh experience. Head to unitedfresh.org today to learn more. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from our sponsor, United Fresh. They have the United Refresh program going on all week, Tuesday, January 12th, January 13th, and January 14th. So get ready and register today for United Refresh Experience. Thank you so much to all the sponsors at the Produce Industry Podcast, and we look forward to growing together in 2021 and beyond. But let's get back to talking to Stephanie Katzman, Hey, Stephanie, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Listen, before the break, we talked about a lot of fun things. We talked about the role of wholesaler distributors in the produce industry, as well as how does a grower shipper like myself really engage and use a wholesaler to their advantage? Some of the things that were key here were partnerships and relationships we talked about. We talked about advice from your dad. Hey, everyone, if you think we're making rich off one load, you've lost your mind. We make pennies on the dollar. I know this. Stephanie knows this. We're making sure that food gets to your table. So great advice from dad. And I will tell you, changing on the dime. Listen, you got to pull a maneuver six. You got to throw an audible in there every once in a while. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So Stephanie, like I said, a lot of great things already right off the bat. Let's get back into this and start talking more about relationships. Absolutely. And, and you, you hit it on the head there. Partnerships and relationships are key in our business and it applies to both the supplier's end and the customer end. You know, if I look back over our history, S. Catherine Produce has been in business for over a century. And if you follow everything that happened over the years, it all comes back to relationships. So we started off, my great-grandfather, Samuel Katzman, started off in the industry in the early 1900s. 
He had a horse and wagon and he used to fill up his wagon with produce and then drive it around until it was empty. And that was his day. He was I a love that. hardcore industry, industry gentleman. I'm going to tell you, you're giving right? me goosebumps. You <laughs> are giving me freaking goosebumps. Oh, just I wait. Think... Cause it gets so much better oh from there and just keeps, keeps <laughs> going through it. You know, our, our family history and our family industry history has always been a part of this business that has just hooked me from the beginning. I, I love the action in this business, but you know, the, the camaraderie, the togetherness, the way people are just the integrity, it's, it's just so great. And I mean, I, I had, I had great role models um, for my family in the business and worked with some great people. So it, it's been really neat like that. So my great grandfather, moved the business to the Bronx terminal market in like the early thirties and then uh, moved to the Washington street market in the like 1950s when my grandfather who had a uh, fruit stand down in Florida, uh, he was, had a fruit stand right on us one. And my great grandfather called him to come up and help him run the wholesale business. So he, you know, packed up and came up here just like we do in our industry. We look out for each other and family and he jumped in. And my great-grandfather really um, started with se with seven items in the business. He had collards, kale, mustard, turnip tops, Hanover, yams, and jumbo yams. You know, he first started with bunching greens back initially. So, you know, instead of just cutting them and throwing in a box, you know, the invention of putting a rubber band around it, stuff that we take for granted now that you don't even think about that is just added value to the business. And little changes back then were really neat. So in 1967 is when the market as a whole, the Hunt Boy market moved from downtown Manhattan to the Bronx. And really we just, we just kind of started growing from there. So when we first moved into this market, we had two units. We sold seven items, like I mentioned, and we had about 20 people working for us. Now, over the years, we've expanded. In 1995, we went into the berry business. Um, throughout this time, we were also continuing to add items to our veg department. And then in 2004, we added a fruit division and we saw a full line of fruit. Um, and then in 2005, we added our specialty division. So it started off as 20 people and seven items. Now, really 45 years later from when we moved into the market is up to 375 people. We sell over 2,000 different items. Um, the labels and brands that we carry now, like Driscoll, Sunkist, Farmer's Best, Little Bear, G-Pod, like some of these major brands out there that people are looking for that when we were smaller, we weren't really handling. We, we've grown now. We've gained that, that trust, that um, just knowledge, I guess, from the growing side because we were able to produce and show them what we were able to do for them. You know, like I mentioned, you, you got to take care of the grower and you got to take care of the customer. So the proof is in the pudding. And over the years, we've built these relationships. You know, so, some of the things I think are really, really neat and unique to our industry is you have so many family businesses in this industry. So I have examples of farmers that, you know, my grandfather used to speak to and then my father spoke to. And then when I moved up into the buying, I was speaking to their children. So you have generations after generations in this industry. And I think it makes such an impact on how people interact. Because you really, you really treat your growers and your customers like they are family, because they really are. I mean, if you think about it, we spend just as much time, if not more time with them, depending upon the weeks. 
um, with with them over our families. So it really it really builds that bond and it really builds that trust. You know what? My wife talks about this a lot with her community. My wife's a teacher and she tells me that all the time. She's always like, you. it's like your produce family is your family. And it is almost true. It's because it's an emotional touch. And now she, she understands a lot more because we, we eat a lot of produce. But it is interesting, our, our industry, of how we kind of do stick together and, you know, really help each other out. Obviously, and there's always a ready. There's always one or two bad apples out there in the industry, right? <laughs> but um, I, I agree with you. I mean, this is one of the hardest things. Is even like I said. I mean, I'm I'm 35 years old. Um, I started picking oranges in Florida in high school. My dad had me picking oranges for the juicers in high school, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I didn't want to be involved in this. Like, what's going on? Um, but again, as you start, I remember. who I was picking for back then that company is still here today. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy that I was what 15, 14, 15. So over 20 years ago, almost that I was sitting there picking oranges for a juicer that is still producing Florida orange juice. Like, and I could call them and be like, Hey, you, you know, you don't remember me, but it's like, I got this story and look what you did. You went through a history of cats, man. And that's what I love about it is that it looks like that your part, your world is all about growing the industry, all about working together. And that's what I love. I mean, I'm passionate about this industry. Um, I would say sometimes for just the fruit and other times just for the people, right? Because it is, it's a, it's a cohesive relationship and it's a love hate relationship, right? Because on the grower side, we're like, Hey, everybody, every, every baby's a diamond, right? And our kids aren't ugly. I mean, if you say they are, we're going to scrap a little bit, but then, you know, we're going to make up and then we're going to sell some more produce again, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a- absolutely. I, you definitely hit it on the head. We're a unique bunch. Um, you know, I usually refer to our industry as as produce people. Very few businesses out there are you going to find such strong-minded A-type personalities. You know, who go out there, who are hungry, who are aggressive, who want to interact with everyone. Someone who's going to be, you know, competitive. And then also go out to dinner with their competition because in the long run, like you said, we're always there for each other. There's not another industry that I think bands together during um, emergencies and times of crisis like the produce industry. And I think that that speaks so much to the types of people in this business. And I think you need that to survive in this business. You know, we do all all of our business on a handshake. That's always the big thing that I think shocks people outside of our industry when I talk to them about wholesalers. You know, we've talked all about relationships and partnerships and trust and integrity. And it's really important because we do majority of our business. I'm talking 90 to 95% of our business as price after sale. So that means we've we've developed this reputation with our growers that they know we're going to do the right thing. They don't have to hold us to it. And they see the benefit of letting us work the markets and grab where we can and, you know, being able to give us target pricing and saying, this is how much product I need you to sell, or this is all the product I have for you. I need you to piece it out and keep everybody a little bit happy because we're here in the flush of supply and we're here in those super tight markets. And our job is to kind of balance those two. So at the end of the year, your your returns, your sales average that we're, we're paying off of get you that, that right price that you're going to need in order to keep going year after year. So I think that that, that really sells, says a lot about our industry. You know, I always say our, our industry is built on, you know, handshakes, hugs, and high fives. And, you know, it, lately this past year, like, it was very, very different for us. You talked about it in the beginning, how, you know, the whole 
virtual aspect, you know, that's not something you do in this business. We, we barely email and text message. I'd say majority of our business is done over the phone or in person talking to someone. We have most of our customers come right here into the market and buy every day. They're down there negotiating with our salesmen in the warehouse every single day. They want to go in there and look at the product. They're going to actually buy and put on their trucks to make sure that their customers are going to be happy with it. So in, in a business where everybody is so close, it, it's definitely been an adjustment, um, this, this virtual aspect of it. But I have to say, not that I expected any less from our produce industry people, we, we've definitely made the changes that need to be made and we've been able to get through it and been able to even learn from it. And I think that we'll take some of this virtual concept and some of our new digital meetings and continue it on even after we're back in person and back to our networking and back to our conferences. And of course, the bar at the end of the day when the uh, conferences come to an end. It's crazy because as the new generations come up and you'll hear me talk about this in other podcast episodes is that it, it is changing. That, that era is starting to go away. And I'm going to tell you a funny story and it, it happens all the time, but we just have to know that we have new people coming into our industry too, right? And I always, I always like to play a little bit of the devil's advocate sometimes, Stephanie, because we have to, right? We got to challenge ourselves. Um, but I remember being in a vehicle and I'm, you know, I'm traveling, we're going to the markets, we're having a bunch of fun. And you know, when someone goes, oh, hey, by the way, here's a price and they start talking price with you, and then next thing you know, you leave that person, you get back to your, um, you know, you get back to your hotel you, or your travels and you go, hey, by the way, I need you to send me that price over email, right? Because some of these things does get transcribed, right? There's a lot of companies out there and we want everybody to be very careful is that you want to make sure you have some of these things in writing though, right? I mean, as you said, if you have the right partners in the relationships, you, you normally don't have to, but you've probably noted this over the last probably decade or so over the last 10 years, there's just been a lot of pop-up companies. And I'm, I'm leading to another point of this, but there's a lot of pop-up companies that, that start and whether they're in produce or not is they might leave bad blood places, right? They might not do everything that they say they're going to do. And you brought it up as produce people, um, we want to, if you're not in our industry, uh, it's not that we look at you with like that keen eye, but we're kind of like, all right, what, what, what's going on? Like, cause we are, we're the people that are looking at the markets. We're looking at the fruit. I remember when back in 2009, I was selling fruit from, to the LA produce market um, from Bakersfield, California. And it's crazy. I would go down and look at the fruit in Bakersfield. The track, you know, the driver would come pick it up. He'd look at the fruit. Then we'd both drive down to LA. We'd both go through a look at the fruit in LA, right? It was a very hands-on business. And with tech companies coming involved now, um, and I'd say not grower, packer, shippers, but tech companies, um, there's just, it's, it's crazy, right? That, that, that kind of ebb and flow kind of gets thrown off because if you get a cold call from someone that you have no idea who they are, they're not in the blue book, they don't have a pack of license, and you've never heard of them before, like what's your first response? So I like, of course, you know, you're, you're always going to have the company out there, but I think that's going to be true in any industry where you're going to have true. that company. But I like to approach everything as, hey, there's some potential here. So I'm a firm believer in, you know, let's look into it and let's find out. And I agree that the industry is changing and evolving. And I think just like in any industry, you got to be able to change with it. So, you know, we, we talked about over the years how we've increased our product line. I mean, that's not just to grow the business. That's because the customers are looking for that one-stop shop. They want to be able to come in and be able to get everything they need. They don't have the time um, or, you know, the fuel in their trucks really to drive around to multiple places to be able to find it, what it is that they need. We've, you know, changed in other ways as well. We have 
customers who started looking for deliveries. So back in 2005, we added a fleet of delivery trucks that to date is probably quadrupled. So it's become a bigger thing that we needed. So we went out there and we got it. We got our SQF food safety certification. You know, we were proactive about it. And we knew it was something in the industry and we knew it impacted everybody, both the grower, the retailer, and the end user to be able to you know, know that the product that you're getting is safe for you. So going out there and getting it ahead of time set us up for when these retailers started to require it. Um, I think being able to have different brands, because you're going to have some customers that are going to want to come in here and get certain labels and you have other customers that might want a different label. So having that variety, you know, that's one one additional thing as a wholesaler that we're able to do is, you know, if you're dealing directly with one grower, it's just going to be that one label. We deal with so many growers. We have so many different options, whether it be sizes, whether it be quality, whether it be the, the label, the box, and all of this makes a difference in our industry. You know, back back in the day, I'd say most produce wasn't branded. Most produce wasn't even packaged. And the fact that we've added packaging in and we've been able to put more information on the labels because that end user is really curious about where product has grown, where it might not have been that big before. You know, these next generations, Generation Y and Generation Z out there, they want to know not just where their product's coming from. They want to know about the farm that grew it. They want to know about the workers who are on the farm growing it. They want to know about the town where the workers grew up before they came and started working on the farm. So all of that information is there. We're used to it now, you know, with the internet and everything and having all of our cell phones. And it's really over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, having all that access has made us want more information. So I think we're, we're almost kind of got spoiled by it and they expect it. So being able, being able to change like that is, is really important. I agree with you. I mean, change is a good thing. I've always said that a couple of buddies of mine that I've always rolled with have told me since I was like 16 years old, they were like, change, change, change. It's the only constant in life. It's change. So uh, let's talk about one more thing before our time is up. Um, what is it like though? being on the terminal market in New York City? Because I've been to New York a few times. I've been to Brooklyn. I've been to a couple Brooklyn Nets games and the streets are tight. It's crazy busy. Um, I was there during, during a blizzard as well. So I kind of remember walking the streets there. Um, talk to me a little bit about that because I, I see it so differently than probably the Miami um, and or the LA produce market. I, I've never been to the produce market in New York or Hunts Point or any of that yet. So New York City is unlike any other city. The the action, the you know, the the line of New York never sleeps is so right. You can pretty much go out at any time of day and there'll be people doing something, there'll be businesses operating, there'll be events going on. There, there's so much out there. And one of the biggest things we have, it's kind of obvious when you like really break it down, is the amount of people. So within uh 50 miles of our market, we have over 22 million people. You know, we have so many green grocers and so many stores. You know, I think there's one block in Manhattan that has something close to like 200,000 people who live there on one block. You know, so you can walk through Manhattan and you could go and you could see two supermarkets right across the street from each other and a fruit store on the corner and a fruit cart on the sidewalk. And you'll have a specialty organic store on that same block. You know, you probably have two pizza places, three dry cleaners, and you can walk down there. And if you don't know New Yorkers, how will all these people survive? How is there possibly enough business to have direct competition right there next to each other and still have lines out the door with people looking for stuff? 
And it really is just because there's so much action here in New York. And of course, that results in action in our business. So the New York market is one of the biggest and most action-packed, and I believe moves the most produce um, than any other market in the U.S. I'm a little biased, but I love it. <laughs> Loved it every minute. Um, you know, I, I started right after high school, um, worked summers throughout college, started off downstairs in the warehouse and got, got to see some of the that service action um, right in person. I, I sold downstairs on the walk in our warehouse and, and that's most the most fun position, I think. So it, I usually compare it to the stock market because every, everyone's seen the movies with, you know, stock market floor and everyone's screaming and calling out things and looking to buy while you still have that opportunity. And I, I say, you know, the stock market wasn't a, a, enough of a challenge for produce people. So we had to add that perishability factor. So you can't hold on to our stocks for too long. But that action and that passion, you can see in everybody in this industry. That, and I think the, the operational aspect is really crazy too. So, you know, most, most places will have either one company doing something or I'll have sections uh, different times when you're doing it. So we have in our operation, we'll do receiving, shipping. We have our own employees who are building orders. We have customers who come inside and load orders themselves. We have all of this action going on all at the same time. It's our organized chaos, but it's, it's really something to see. Next time you're out here, I'm definitely going to have to uh, show you around because Anytime I've explained it to someone, they always say, wow. And then when they come and see it, they're like, wow, this wow. is even more than I was imagining. And you really well, get that emphasis. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, when New York, uh, you know, has me there and invites me, I am on my way. Um, you know, I was at the Miami market, uh, you know, last year. I've been to the Philadelphia market, the LA market. I've been to a lot of different markets, but I think everyone has its unique, like I said, flow to it. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I definitely want to see what's going on. And what's crazy about it is I'm probably going to buy some produce to take back with me because I, I love it, right? I mean, who doesn't like getting either like a fresh mango or pineapple, you know, or, you know, I always go with tropicals as I was in Miami, uh, but like off the port, right? You know, straight from there, they're on the docks. It's like, come on, come on, just give it to me right off the boat, right? Give it to me right off the truck. That's what, that's where, that's where I want it, right? So what, what a great industry we get to work in, right? We get to sell stuff that looks good, tastes good, is good for you. We get to interact with so many great people on the growing end, the customer end, logistics. I mean, all of it. There, there really isn't a better industry out there to work in. As long as you can handle, you know, the pressure and the stress of it. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of uh, <clears throat> thick skin, yeah. as I say. That's right? it. I've been a doing, lot of passion. I've been getting yelled at since I was 14 years old from <laughs> people. Like, I, I've been getting yelled at by, you know, I say from the uh, farm contractors to the line workers. Like, everybody's yelled at me in my lifetime. You know what I mean? <laughs> All constructive criticism. All sure. constructive right? criticism. You, All you, learn, you learn more from those mistakes than you ever do from doing things the right way the first time. I, I can rem I can remember all the key lessons throughout my career here, little things that stick with you and you just use it in everything you do. I agree with you. You know, I saw a quote the other day and said, failure is only failure when you stop. Failure when you move forward is called experience. So mm -hmm. Stephanie, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. If anybody wants to get a hold of you or Catsman, how do they do that? So the best way to get in touch with us, you can check out our website. We have our contact information on there. You can always shoot an email to me, Stephanie Katzman at katzmanproduce.com. 
or give a call. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have or direct to the person who can. Fantastic, Stephanie. And thank you for coming on the show today. We look forward to being with you in New York and having you again in the future. Look forward to you coming to visit. Thank you very much for having me on and uh, be happy to do it or talk about the produce industry anytime. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.